It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Washington governor predicts summer full of, quote, blackouts, destruction, and death, end quote. The Washington governor's email continued with this. It's shaping up to be a deadly summer. Question, what does he know that we're not being told? More puzzle piece headlines from last week. Heat waves are destroying crops worldwide. Price of food will skyrocket. More on this shortly. Next, also from last week, unprecedented drought conditions projected to be more frequent and consecutive in certain regions, i.e. targeted regions. The results imply unavoidable, unprecedented conditions in these regions. This is targeted weather warfare. That is not to deny human damage to the planet. As I've stated so many times, we've been horrific stewards of this planet. It would take hours and hours and hours to even scratch the surface of what human beings have done to this planet. But the most destructive human activity of all, bar none, is the climate intervention operations, and they are being used as weapons of power and control, period. Another headline from last week. Risk of death surges when extreme heat and air pollution coincide. The report states heat waves and air pollution are harmful, even deadly, and both are predicted to increase in frequency due to climate change, they say. Yes, that's a factor. Industrialized pollution, absolutely a factor. Climate engineering aerosol dispersing operations an even bigger factor. And when we have time-lapse footage, and we do at geoengineeringwatch.org, of climate intervention aircraft spraying directly over the smoke bank of unprecedented fires in Northern California, starting with the Paradise Fire, we have that on film, on the record. It's visible in the dimming documentary posted at the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. What is in those mixes that we're breathing that no one is talking about and no air testing agency will report on because they're told not to. They are mandated to report on combustion particulates only in the case of industrialized pollution and the rest of it goes out the window. And I know this firsthand because I've had private meetings, closed door meetings with top EPA officials in Sacramento. The whole system is a completely controlled cancer. That's what it is. Next from the ecologist.org. Why we need to be more afraid. This is a report from last week. From that report, climate scientist states only when enough people are terrified will we have a serious shot at tackling the climate emergency. However, one eminent climate scientist has warned that we should avoid using such terms as shocking, terrifying, or devastating when describing climate breakdown for fear of inducing, quote, denial, paralysis, and apathy, end quote. This is wrong on so many levels that it's difficult to know where to start. So let's start with this. Denial, paralysis, and incurable apathy are already deeply programmed into the majority of the masses. That's why we're in this dark corner to begin with. The oncoming train is now perilously close to impact, and the human race stands like a frozen mannequin on the tracks, staring at the oncoming train, pretending it isn't really there. And how many will summon the courage to look up and admit to the highly toxic weather warfare operations? Final excerpt from the We Need to Be More Afraid article. The truth is that we are at the heart of a crisis situation that has the potential to tear apart global society and economy within decades. No. 
not decades away. It's here now and accelerating exponentially. What is unfolding is a near-term existential crisis on countless fronts, starting with what's being conducted in our skies. But not to lose sight of the insanity we are drowning in on the ground level. From Robert F. Kennedy's Children's Health Defense, breaking World Health Organization behind FDA scheme to skip all future clinical trials for COVID vaccines. That's convenient, isn't it? In an industry that is already exempt from any and all death and suffering that their vaccines cause, total blanket legal immunity since, I believe, 1986. Think about that. How much of the public knows that or has stopped to consider that? From this report, the quote, Future framework, in quote, is coming from the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is the biggest voluntary contributor to the World Health Organization. So is Mr. Gates likely directing this scenario? The report then states the FDA released its agenda for the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, that's the VRBPAC, that will vote on the Orwellian Future Framework. The FDA released a briefing document in connection with this scheme to end science as we know it in connection with the future COVID-19 shots. Questions, does this sound like a plan to permanently institutionalize genocide and hide the evidence? You decide. Moderna, Pfizer, and Novavax are all developing reformulated COVID-19 shots, but they know that the FDA is not going to look at health outcomes. Again, this report was issued by Robert F. Kennedy's Children's Health Defense site. It's a very detailed report and definitely recommended reading. Next headline, World Health Organization recommends new Gates-funded polio vaccine to address vaccine-derived polio outbreak in UK. Let's add this piece to the puzzle. The World Health Organization... In November, on November 13th of 2020, granted emergency use listing to a novel oral polio vaccine developed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation provided 100% of the funding for the development and clinical trials of the vaccine. This is a very tangled web. Follow me through this. In an email to the Defender, that's also Robert F. Kennedy's site, Dr. Brian Hooker, who is a personal friend of mine, exceptional human being, Ph.D., and PE, Children's Health Defense Chief Scientific Officer and Professor of Biology at Simpson University, said, quote, Once again, Big Pharma, fueled by the Gates Foundation, has created a huge problem that only they can solve. The introduction of the new OPV in the UK has predictably led to poliovirus in the sewage, i.e. where poliovirus propagates. And now the only solution, they say, is to inject UK citizens with the NPOV2, the new vaccine, to prevent the spread of OPV-induced polio. Then Mr. Hooker states this, if this isn't a scam, I don't know what is, end quote. You want to know more about the courage and honor of this man, Mr. Brian Hooker. View the film Vaxxed and learn more of this entire scenario that most don't want to know. Next, more puzzle pieces. World Health Organization and other organizations pushing Gates-funded vaccine. No surprise. According to UNICEF, the GPEI is a public-private partnership led by national governments with six core partners. Rotary International, the World Health Organization, CDC, UNICEF, the Gates Foundation, and Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance. 
The Gates Foundation, in addition to funding the NPOV2 vaccine, GPEI and the World Health Organization funds Rotary International, UNICEF, Gavi, and the CDC Foundation. In summary, this all amounts to one giant controlled cancerous organization. There's more. The entity in charge of monitoring vaccine adverse events following administration of NPOV2 is the World Health Organization's own Global Advisory Committee on Vaccine Safety. So these entities monitor themselves. While enjoying complete blanket legal immunity from any and all death and suffering their concoctions cause. There's more. In essence, the Gates Foundation funded the creation, development, and clinical trials for the new NPOV2 polio vaccine, funds the organization that administered millions of doses to be given under the EUL, that's the emergency use listing, without any long-term data. Next, NPR, National Public Radio, has been a primary reporting source for this entire scenario. National Public Radio would never lie to us, would they? While pondering that, consider this. The Gates Foundation is also a funder of NPR and NPR's blog, which have published numerous articles on the VDPV2 and paved the way for Gates NPOV2, these are both vaccines, as the solution. What an amazing coincidence. What a surprise. The foxes running the hen house from top to bottom. The controllers of the matrix. And Gates being a front man, there's many even worse than him, behind the curtain. How did the Gates vaccine programs go for the people of India and Africa? Any that conduct objective investigation will be shocked to the core. And about the COVID vaccine adverse reactions reported on the CDC's own website, the Verisite Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and Endura Vigilance Reporting System for Europe, the statistics are beyond shocking, and even now, so many pretend... It isn't so. You're listening to the weekly bad news broadcast, the Global Alert News Hour, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, G-E-O, the word engineering, watch.org, and is now aired on numerous AM and FM stations in numerous regions throughout the U.S., We hope to soon add even more stations to the growing list of those airing this broadcast. This is Dane Wigington, your host of the Bad News Broadcast. Please check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our YouTube versions of this broadcast. We hope you will subscribe to our channel and help us to circulate this broadcast and our groundbreaking documentary exposing global climate engineering operations titled The Dimming, available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Please help us to expand our voice, and in doing so, to help us more effectively sound the alarm. Again, our website, geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited source in the world on the subject of covert climate engineering operations. On that note, in the words of President Lyndon Johnson, he who controls the weather controls the world by controlling the food supply and manipulating climate cataclysm. Remember that. With that in mind, from LifeSiteNews.com, this, Reset the Table, looming food shortages are not happening by accident. This report from last week. While elites pretend to be modern-day prophets with answers spilling out as fast as problems appear, it's not hard to make predictions when you're working an intentional plan. And it's quite simple to fashion solutions at record pace when you created the problems 
as a means to an end in the first place. On the same theme, water scarcity predicted to worsen in more than 80% of croplands globally. They then state this century. I'll get to that in a moment because that's grossly inaccurate. It's here now. Agricultural water scarcity is expected to increase in more than 80% of the world's croplands by 2050, according to a new study in the AGU. That's the American Geophysical Union. In Journal Earth's Future is the publication. To be clear, this scenario is here now. It's not somewhere over the horizon. By crafting headlines like this, they pacify populations. Not that that's not bad enough, if it was 2050, but it's here now. Let's press on. Same theme, multiple sources. This headline from last week. The window of opportunity to address increasing drought and expanding dry lands is vanishing. The report then states, many areas in Western Canada and the United States are experiencing extreme drought. They say a once in 20 year event. No, not once in 20 years. At minimum, available paleo data indicates this is the worst drought in at least 1,200 years and likely much, much longer. And what needs to be addressed to curb this drought is to stop the climate engineering operations from cutting off the flow of precipitation to the western North American continent. The single greatest drought creating factor on the planet today is climate engineering Period. It must rain more overall on a warming planet. The laws of physics make this incredibly clear. 7% more moisture in the atmosphere for every degree C of warming. We are likely past 3.5 degrees C right now, not the 1.5 that we're being told. That's an absolute fabrication. Again, designed to pacify populations until the brutal, bitter end, which draws near. And once the dominoes start collapsing, they will collapse very, very quickly. Once no one can help anyone else, once the public realizes the party is over, the party really will be over at that moment. And the power structure knows it, and they are preparing. Next headline, also multiple sources from last week. Same theme. Drought increases rural suicide, and climate change will make drought worse. Again, no legitimate discussion about the climate or the state of the climate without first and foremost addressing the climate engineering onslaught. And the fact that the entire so-called climate science community is pretending this isn't going on in our skies is a truly sad testimony to the state of the human race. In regard to the climate science community's denial of the climate engineering elephant in the sky, This science study report title from the bulletin of the JSME, it's the Journal of Thermal Science and Technology. Here's the headline of this science study. Possibility for controlling global warming by launching nanoparticles into the stratosphere. Yes, the so-called climate science community, again, still pretending the jets that so often spray our skies full of toxic climate engineering particles are only a proposal. They want us to believe that we're not actually seeing what we're seeing. We're not actually hacking on the climate engineering fallout contamination that we inhale with every breath we take. When every other commercial we see on mainstream corporate-controlled propaganda TV is something to do with breathing, asthma, allergy, COPD, every other commercial, and they blame it all on pollen or industrialized pollution alone. When in truth, we are literally under assault from the sky. And for those that try to convince themselves that it's some foreign government spraying our skies, please face reality. No such operations could be conducted without the full participation of the U.S. government and the U.S. military, which, for the record, has 
three times more aerial jet tankers than all other militaries in the world combined. Wonderful. Let's all wave our flags. On that note, the 4th of July is almost here. What are we celebrating and why? Freedom and democracy? Really? Where exactly does that exist? We now live in the United States of fascism, though we are still told, trained, and programmed to blindly wave our flags. Here's a timeless quote from Voltaire. Those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Another from Voltaire that fits. It is forbidden to kill. Therefore, all murderers are punished unless they kill in large numbers and to the sound of trumpets. And for the record, not killing for freedom and democracy, killing for the expansion of empire. A final quote from Voltaire to complete this theme. It's dangerous to be right when the government's wrong. End quote. But as the planet's life support systems fail, and they are, with climate engineering further fueling the process, the tyranny will also go down with the sinking ship. Biosphere collapse will always be the bottom line. Next headline. With changing climate, global lake evaporation loss larger than previously thought. How many headlines do I cover on this broadcast week after week after week that now confirm what geoengineeringwatch.org has said for a decade and a half of our existence that it's far worse than anything we're being told and now that it can't be hidden any longer they're admitting to it. It's way worse than we thought. Week after week after week from this report, from 1985 to 2018, researchers discovered that long-term average lake evaporation volume has increased. The trend attributions include an increased evaporation rate of 58%. Climate engineering particles are desiccants. Depends on the size of the particle you spray and if there's cloud moisture or not. That dictates whether it will rain or not. Or how hard. That's the condensation nuclei that creates the raindrop. But climate engineering is actually much more effective at drying up the rain and reducing atmospheric relative humidity and thus radically cranking up the evaporation rate over specific areas. And all that atmospheric moisture comes down somewhere else in a deluge. Should that be any surprise when you disrupt the entire hydrological system with these programs and the entire climate science community pretending it isn't happening? But the powers that be will continue to do everything they can to distract and divide populations. On that note, last week, last Thursday, another bomb dropped by the U.S. Supreme Court. Here's the headline from last Thursday. U.S. Supreme Court drops carbon bomb on the planet. Guts, Environmental Protection Agency Regulatory Authority. From the report, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down a decision Thursday that will severely limit the Environmental Protection Agency's authority to regulate planet-warming greenhouse gas emissions from power plants, undermining the federal government's ability to combat the climate emergency. First, they're not trying to reduce carbon anyway. That's what climate engineering is about, keeping business as usual until the last possible moment. And two, agencies like the EPA are already tasked with hiding threats from the public, not disclosing them. Again, Fox is running the hen house from top to bottom and the public all too willing to go along so long as their personal paradigm isn't disturbed in any way, shape, or form. And they can pretend that the only problem is we're just not drilling enough oil wells. To those that still believe their biggest problem is the price of gas, time to wake up. Sooner than almost any want to believe, food, water, and a place to shelter from the scorching heat will be the top priorities. 
And about the Supreme Court, for those that are not yet clear on this point, the Supreme Court actors are nothing more than sock puppets whose task it is to polarize and divide populations, thus keeping the population's eyes off the wider horizon until the moment of impact, which draws perilously near. Back to the unfolding climate collapse with climate intervention operations further accelerating the process. From the New York Times, heat waves around the world push people and nations to the edge. It's an understatement. The dominoes are about to start falling at blinding speed. Another headline last week, same theme, multiple sources. Simultaneous extreme weather created dangerous cascades in the U.S., i.e. drought, heat, wildfires, crop collapse, toxic air, all happening at once. Cascading collapse. On that subject of cascading collapse... Cascading collapse and species coextinctions. They're not coming. They're here. What does coextinctions mean? It means when one species collapses and goes extinct, all other species that depended on that species also go extinct. Humanity will not, cannot survive without functional habitat, i.e., no more food, no more people. Another headline last week, multiple sources, even temporarily overshooting two degrees C would cause permanent damage to Earth species. Oops, too late. Based on frontline data that's not being falsified to the downside, it appears we're past three and a half degrees C now. We are past the point at which humans have existed on this planet, and that doesn't mean we immediately die. Again, you can crash that car through the guardrail, flying through the air. Maybe the occupants of the car think they're fine, like the human race thinks they're fine now, when we're not. Not even close. The report states now most grapple with the reality of trying to slow down catastrophic warming and the difference between solutions and false hope. The concept of climate overshoot is the next thing we will need to get to grips with, the report says. Well, let's tell the whole truth. The ongoing, unimaginably catastrophic climate engineering operations, exposing them and halting them, that is what we most need to face. How many are willing? That is not to say we don't need to deal with the rest of the human forms of damage to the planet we do. But let's deal with the most destructive first, the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat first, and that is climate intervention operations. Next headline, no habitat, no food. Last week, climate change is shrinking and fragmenting salmon habitat. Question, how many so-called environmental organizations are there trying to save the salmon, but refusing to ever mention the single most environmentally destructive factor that's killing the salmon, climate intervention operations? And... While I'm on this theme, forgive me, I need to vent a bit more. This week on CNN and other propaganda stations, WWF, that's the World Wildlife Fund, has been running a fundraising campaign by using a Save the Elephant slogan, i.e., give us your money and we'll pretend we're saving the elephants. While at the same time, WWF completely ignores and denies the global climate engineering assault. Again, the single most destructive human activity of all. Why won't WWF mention climate engineering? Because they don't want to risk losing their nonprofit status. And how do I know this? Because geoengineeringwatch.org attorneys spoke to WWF attorneys. And this example of total hypocrisy is not the exception. It's the rule. With every single major environmental organization, none of them deserve a penny unless or until they address the ongoing weather warfare insanity, which is crushing the planet's life support systems and contaminating every breath we take. And about mainstream media, nothing less than a weapon of mass deception, polarization, division, and distraction, while life on Earth is literally circling the drain. 
more meltdown reports from last week, and even now, how many continue to pretend it isn't so. From Axios.com, global heat records are broken from the Russian Arctic to Japan. June records and all-time high temperature records have been shattered. Next headline, same theme. Record-breaking heat from North Africa to Norway. Another headline, same theme. From theweathernetwork.com, records may fall as impressive heat wave roasts the Arctic Circle. Another headline last week, same theme. Study reveals powerful links between methane and climate change. The study published in the scientific journal Nature Communications in late June addresses the large uncertainty about the impact of climate change on atmospheric methane. The study finds that this impact could be four times greater than estimated in the latest intergovernmental panel on climate change. That's the IPCC report. IPCC, largest scientific panel ever assembled on any subject in human history, and they fail to tell the truth again and again and again. And here we have yet another example of what I already mentioned in this broadcast. Oh, gee, it's four times, i.e. 400% worse than we thought. Geoengineeringwatch.org knew it's exactly what we've stated, again, for the entire length of our existence. That methane over a 10-year time horizon is 120 times more potent to greenhouse gas than CO2. So we have to calculate the CO2 equivalent in the atmosphere. And climate engineering, again, making it worse, not better. Climate engineering deflecting some daytime heat over some regions while trapping that heat at night, destroying the ozone layer, totally disrupting the hydrological cycle, setting the stage for the unprecedented wildfires to burn all over the globe. The climate science community has lied on a scale that can barely be comprehended, but in the opposite direction of what most people would like to believe. It's far worse than we've been told, not better. From AccuWeather last week, record high temperatures set to scorch Alaska. It's scheduled to start in July. The report states the abnormal heat will continue to dry out the already baked ground, fueling more wildfires, what I just stated, and in what's already been a record fire season in the last frontier. Alaska, traditionally one of the coldest states in the country, is set to see an unusually warm start to July thanks to a heat dome parking itself over the region. That's exactly what this article states. How many times have I tried to point out the ionosphere heater created heat domes? If you don't know what an ionosphere heater is, please look it up, read about it, learn about it, take the time to find and view online holes in heaven narrated by martin sheen this is a weapon of mass destruction used for climate engineering operations there are many around the globe harp is the biggest of all but that is exactly what's occurring here the report continues the abnormal heat will also help heat an already abnormally dry landscape fueling wildfire growth in anchorage just seven percent of the city's normal june rainfall fell again climate engineering cutting off precipitation We can see it on satellite imagery. I'm not guessing. Wildfires have already been burning throughout the state with a record 1 million acres burned in June alone. Portions of interior Alaska are already facing very high fire danger with 31 fires burning across the state with widespread smoky conditions possible in part of the state as the record challenging heat sets in about the smoke and how that serves climate engineering operations. Again, please search and view one of our most important video reports ever. Very short report wildfires serve geoengineering agenda next question are wildfires really that major of a problem for the planet short answer yes this headline from last week 
Wildfires may have sparked ecosystem collapse during Earth's worst mass extinction. From that report, the end Permian mass extinction 252 million years ago that eliminated almost every species on Earth with entire ecosystems collapsing. The potential for wildfires as a direct extinction driver during hyperthermal events, what's happening now, rather than a symptom of climate changes, deserves further examination, the report states. Unlike the species that suffered the mass extinctions of the past, we have the opportunity to prevent the burning of the world's carbon sinks and help avoid the worst effects of modern warming. Half-truth here at absolute best. Even if the forests don't burn, because climate engineering is toxifying the rain, which is killing soil microbiome, which is killing root systems, it's cutting off the precipitation, which also kills the trees, it's destroying the ozone layer, the UV radiation is killing the trees from the top down. From every conceivable direction, climate engineering is pounding the nails into our collective coffins, and the forests are already no longer carbon sinks. They're carbon sources because they're dying even if they're not burning. And again, this reminder, another headline from last week, it's not just the forests dying and burning, crops are dying as well. From the UK Guardian, chili, peppers, coffee, wine, how the climate crisis is causing food shortages. Again, everything blamed on the ambiguous climate crisis, never, ever, ever a mention of the taboo subject of climate intervention operations. The report states blistering heat, stronger storms, droughts, floods, fires, and changes in rainfall patterns, I've talked about that too many times already, are also affecting the cost and availability of staples, including wheat, corn, coffee, apples, chocolate, and wine. The climate crisis is increasing the intensity and frequency of extreme weather events, and it's putting food production at risk. Crops absolutely, positively being decimated from climate intervention operations, period. The data is irrefutable. Please examine it. From Forbes.com, this, here's the latest data on climate and food, and it's not good. That's the headline. Not my words, theirs. The Forbes report then states this, quote, It's happening already, says R.V. Guha, a Google fellow who created a public database which pulls information from the U.S. Geological Survey and NASA to map water withdrawal for irrigation against projected temperature rises across the U.S. counties and discovered a correlation. A changing climate affects everything from water to crops to insects. Is that really hard to conclude? It's like saying fire will burn things and needing a group of scientists to come to that conclusion. And the global controllers always know what's coming, don't they? On that note, this headline from last week, Food Chain Reaction, a Global Food Security Game. A game? Really? Is this just a game for the global controllers? You decide, but come to your conclusion only after considering some of the puzzle pieces and start with the following from all the way back in 2015. The Center for American Progress... World Wildlife Fund, already talked about them, Cargill, Mars, CNA, developed and executed a policy decision-making game designed, designed to explore issues arising from and possible responses to global food system disruptions. The game took place in November of 2015 in Washington, D.C., and included senior officials and subject matter experts on teams representing Brazil, continental Africa, China, European Union, India, the United States, multilateral institutions, and businesses and investors. During four rounds of, quote, gameplay spanning the decades 2020 to 2030, players confronted food system pressure at the intersection of population growth, urbanization, severe weather, and social unrest. In response, players crafted policies, made decisions, and took actions that dynamically influenced the state of the world. The rehearsal for what they knew was coming. CNA is a 
not-for-profit research organization that serves the public interest by, listen to this, providing in-depth analysis and result-oriented solutions to help government leaders choose the best course of action in setting policy and managing operations, i.e. controlling populations. Control the weather, control food production, control populations. Just cut off the rain and blame it on nature. On that note, this headline from last week, Northern Mexico is out of water as mega drought hits Mexico. Next theme from Bloomberg, headline from last week, deaths, costs of climate-linked disasters may be grossly undercounted. Again and again and again. Gee, it's way worse than we thought. A disparity in global climate data means the effect of some heat waves and other weather disasters have been missed dramatically, scientists say. As mentioned at the start of this broadcast, Washington governor predicts summer full of, quote, blackouts, destruction, and death. From that report, it's shaping up to be a deadly summer. The Washington governor email reads, Governor Jay Inslee sent an eerie letter to his supporters on Monday predicting that they are in for, quote, a summer of blackouts, destruction, and death over the climate crisis. No mention of climate engineering, of course. If you haven't had enough bad news yet, we'll take a deeper dive into the breaking bad news headlines in a moment. But first, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast. This is installment number 360 in a row. I've never missed a week, and I will continue to stay at my post until I can't. This is for July 2nd, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Texas, Alabama, Florida, Denver, Washington State, Oregon, the Northeast, Sacramento, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Phoenix, and Las Vegas, and we hope to be adding one or two more stations soon. GeoengineeringWatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice. This airtime is paid for out of pocket, all of it. That's why there's no commercials. That's why there's no sponsors that we have to answer to. We can say what we have to say. But our gratitude to those that have helped us to increase our voice. In regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. And the best way to share this film is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. Final footnote, you can find geoengineeringwatch.org printed awareness raising materials on our homepage. Our only goal is to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. These are very high-quality printed materials, and we pass them on at or below our cost. And just added, Climate Engineering Conversational Starters, our new geoengineeringwatch.org shirts, and scannable business cards, also bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Doing so is the first and most important step toward getting the as-of-yet-uninformed to start looking up. Moving on, climate intervention operations continue to do what they do best, wreak havoc on the environment and every breath we take. From Vox.com, this, quote, this could be the coolest summer of the rest of your life. From this report, typically heat waves begin where there's a buildup of high pressure in the atmosphere, i.e., think ionosphere heater, harp in Alaska, one example, search and view, Holes in Heaven, narrated by Martin Sheen. The report continues. The high-pressure heat dome creates a sinking column of air that compresses, heats up, and oftentimes dries out. High-pressure systems also push out cooler, 
fast-moving air currents, and squeezes clouds away, which gives the sun an unobstructed line of sight to the ground. The ground, soil, sand, concrete, and asphalt then bakes in the sunlight, and the long days and short nights of summer, heat energy quickly accumulates and temperatures rise. These high-pressure heat dome systems have helped fuel the recent heat waves in North America and Europe. The Axios report then states, all that pressure in the atmosphere acts like a lid on a pot, trapping heat so it can't dissipate. That's why these heat waves are often referred to as heat domes, exactly what the article states. Heat is trapped under a dome of high pressure. Again, for those that want to have an in-depth understanding of climate engineering operations, what they are and what they aren't, please take the time to view The Dimming, the groundbreaking documentary available for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Next headline, same theme. From last week, U.S. power companies face supply chain crises this summer. From that report, utilities are warning of supply constraints for equipment which could hamper efforts to restore power during outages. Some utilities are facing waiting times of more than a year for transformer parts. If you think it's going to get any better, think again. For the record, the party is just getting started, and what's coming isn't temporary. As mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast from the Journal of Thermal Science and Technology, this report headline, Possibility for Controlling Global Warming by Launching Nanoparticles into the Stratosphere. From the report, word for word, quote, If we launch 10-ton projectiles 19 times a day from 100 launch sites around the world, we can maintain the particle mass in the stratosphere. Now stop and think about that statement. That means that the same amount is settling down through the atmosphere every day. Elements like the primary one named in this patent. and this report, aluminum nanoparticles. They then state this, there is a possibility that the present proposal can decrease global temperatures by approximately 3.3K without reducing CO2 emissions. And that's what this is about. That's what climate engineering has been about. Use weather as a weapon while masking the true severity of damage being done, the true severity of climate meltdown from populations by creating engineered cool-down events with chemical ice nucleating operations. Search the engineering winter section at the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. That's what's causing these massive temperature swings of 50 degrees or more in a single day, seeding cloud moisture with endothermic reacting elements, part of climate engineering operations, a core part that no one except geoengineeringwatch.org is trying to bring to light, and I hope that changes. We need people to review the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Please share those reports with others so that they better understand what's causing these massive temperature whiplash scenarios. Moving on, next headline from last week from undark.org. Davos was a case study in how not to talk about climate change. From that report, in emphasizing technological solutions, the elite are sidestepping their own responsibility for the climate crisis. The coalition consists of 55 corporations, nine national governments that have made, quote, ambitious commitments, in quote, toward limiting global warming. All of this, all the climate conferences are smoke and mirrors. They're a facade. Behind the scenes, countries are pressured to actively or passively support the climate engineering insanity which in reality is nothing short of weather warfare. The crown jewel weapon of the military-industrial complex, a weapon with which they can bring populations to their knees without those populations ever even knowing they were under assault. But about the mass distraction stupidity from the so-called climate science community, consider this from freethink.org. MIT proposes Brazil-sized fleet of, quote, space bubbles to cool Earth. Listen to this. 
The out there proposal could take some of the risk out of solar geoengineering. They're still pretending it's not happening. Conventional solar geoengineering is that we can cool the earth by reflecting some of the solar radiation away from it. We might do this injecting reflective aerosol particles into the upper atmosphere. It's exactly what we see. A Anyone but the clinically blind can see the jets dispersing the particles in our skies. One day's grid patterns, the next day's nothing with similar atmospheric conditions. We see jets turning on and off. We have film footage of these aircraft at geoengineeringwatch.org. Search the jet spraying section. Nozzles visible turning on and off. End of debate. They are spraying. Period. The report then states most geoengineering proposals are earthbound, which poses tremendous risks to our living ecosystems. Yes, it certainly does. Too late. Been going on for 75 years and everything is crashing. They then say space-based solutions would be, quote, safer. Because the bubbles would be almost a million miles away from Earth, the MIT team says this approach to solar geoengineering wouldn't be as risky as methods that directly involves Earth's atmosphere. Think about this. This is completely science fiction, fabricated, distract the population nonsense, absolute nonsense, like space mirrors, like covering glaciers with tarps, like building undersea walls to prop up glaciers from falling into the ocean. It's all complete idiocy. And this is the, quote, climate science community. And now they're proposing we put some sort of space bubble a million miles into space. Why don't they just propose putting a thermostat on the sun? That's about how technically feasible any of this is. But what is obviously occurring, i.e. solar radiation management, jets spraying particles into the generally the troposphere, that's how low they are, and they're getting lower and lower because the tropopause and upper troposphere is heating radically, and now that air is not dense enough to carry the aircraft. They're spraying lower and lower and lower. This is a runaway train of total insanity. But those in power know all too well. They just need to have one of their media puppets put out a story that completely distracts the population from what we so obviously see happening in our atmosphere, climate engineering operations. So here's a headline last week from the UK Daily Mail exactly on this theme. Quote, forget about global warming. Worry about the magnetosphere. Earth's magnetic field is collapsing and it could affect the climate and wipe out power grids. I.e., let's pretend that all of the damage human beings are doing to the planet is not really harming anything. It's just some... Factor outside our own control, it's related to nature, and all the horrors that we now face are not actually humanity's fault for destroying the planet. How convenient. The report then states, if this happens, i.e. magnetosphere collapse, solar winds could punch holes into Earth's ozone layer, and let's forget about climate engineering being the single greatest cause of ozone destruction right now today. They then state this could damage power grids, affect weather, and increase cancer rates. They also say, as the magnetic shield weakens, the spectacle of an aurora would be visible every night all over Earth. That's exactly what ionosphere heaters do, by the way. Is the magnetosphere weakening? Yes. Is that the primary cause of everything happening? No. We're back to this argument I've made many times. This is like finding the body in the street that's been beaten, stabbed, burnt, shot, run over, and saying that individual died of a heart attack. You'd have a hard time making that argument, wouldn't you? The report then states this. Some speculative studies have suggested that as the Earth's magnetic field weakens, we could see an increase in cloud coverage, i.e. solar radiation management, filth in our skies, and an increase in the ozone holes. They then say this would be particularly evident in the Northern Hemisphere, where up to 40% of the ozone within the whole region could be lost, far greater than the current losses. How long has geoengineering watch that been stating climate engineering is destroying the ozone layer? And now suddenly we have the scapegoat. The magnetosphere. Blame it on nature. Is the magnetosphere scenario a problem? Yes, absolutely. Is climate engineering 
a bigger problem that they are trying to cover up with this? Yes, absolutely true. Back to the U.S. West. Again, engineered drought catastrophe, target California. That's a title of a presentation I gave almost a decade ago. Everything I said would happen has happened. Please look it up, view it, decide for yourself. But on that note, on this theme from MSN.com last week, California's largest private landowner closes all forest lands to public indefinitely due to wildfire drought danger. They're talking about Sierra Pacific. I am contiguous to their land in Northern California. And for the record, Sierra Pacific's genetically modified frankentrees are not helping the situation either. They don't care about the environment. Make no mistake about that. From NBC News, this, Cal Fire Chief warns of, quote, drastic increase in dry fuel due to drought. The chief said the period between January and March was the driest it has been in the past 100 years. Not true. Priming dangerous conditions on the ground. Again, not 100 years. Paleo data has proven it's the driest in at least 1,200 years. The climate engineers have yet again established the conditions for the U.S. West to incinerate in the coming months. Search and review the engineering wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. And more dry lightning storms are coming. You can bet on that. Next headline from last week. Russia's largest and coldest territory declared state of emergency ahead of Two hardest months of wildfire currently in that region that used to never, ever burn. There's more than 55,000 hectares already on fire. It's about 130,000 acres, something like that. I'm going to blaze through a few more headlines. You can look up the headline itself to learn more. Last week, dire Italian drought worsening, breaking records, Water Authority says. Next headline, earliest end of rainy season in Tokyo on record. Next headline, record-breaking June temperatures engulfed Japan. Authorities warn of power shortages. Next headline, Japan June temperature tops 104 degrees for the first time in history. And then there's the deluge aspect of climate intervention operations. Drought and deluge are the hallmark of climate engineering insanity. This headline, parts of Northeast China activate highest weather alert, urge citizens to stay away from rivers and dangerous mountains. Next headline, Bangladesh hit by one of the worst floodings ever seen. Next headlines, rivers overflow, bridges collapse after heavy rains hit northwest Turkey. Drought, deluge, temperature whiplash, climate engineering, connect the dots. But as expected, power structure media will continue to deny and distract, blaming anything and everything but climate engineering. Here's a case in point from last week. Here's how the 2022 solar flare will affect life on planet Earth. From that report, because global warming is such a prevalent problem in today's society, many have developed a completely valid fear of the sun's wrath. It's the root cause, this report states, of relentless heat waves, wildfires, coral bleaching, and more, which is precisely why the prospect of a 2022 solar flare, the report says, as well as a rapidly growing sunspot, sounds incredibly daunting, doesn't it? What are reports like this again designed to do? prompt the public to completely ignore and deny the direct and scientifically verifiable impacts of climate intervention operations that are being inflicted on our planet on top of all other destructive forms of human activity. Taken as a whole, the human race has been and continues to be unimaginably poor stewards of our once thriving planet, blaming it all on some cosmic event that just happens to occur in complete lockstep with undeniably destructive human activity. This is mathematically and statistically all but impossible, but so many leap at such conclusions, ignoring the obvious. So few are willing to admit that the human race has thrown a hell of a party over the last 200 years, and now the price must be paid, but not necessarily by future generations, because short of a complete course correction by our species, future generations will never be. 
Was it worth it? There is more than enough blame to go around. Those in power couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. But the power elite most certainly deserve judgment for being the most responsible of all for what's now unfolding. Here it is, in simple terms. In this case, a biblical perspective. Seven deadly sins, lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride. Well, that pretty well sums up much of modern industrialized, militarized society, doesn't it? But wait, what about number eight? Cowardice. Because our so-called societies are overflowing with number eight, aren't they? Anyone that has spent much time trying to share unwanted truths with those that are far too internally petrified to even hear the truth, let alone to actually investigate it, and most certainly never to lift a finger to fight injustice, those are cowards to the core. Number eight on the list of seven deadly sins. I could never count the amount of cowards that I've crossed paths with during the last 20 plus years of sounding the alarm at the top of my lungs. Cowards that are, at their core, petrified, too frightened to look at the wider horizon through a clear lens, so they choose to remain in their manufactured delusion and lash out at any who dare to point out what they refuse to see. Often the coward's most preferred term is conspiracy theorist, the label they apply to any that challenge their childlike beliefs in official narratives, official propaganda. And if you challenge their beliefs in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, metaphorically speaking, they become hostile, sometimes aggressive and belligerent. But challenge their beliefs we must. And when their programmed from birth reactive responses come, Know that you have still planted a seed of truth, a nugget of reality that will very soon be forced to sprout and grow. Unfolding factors on countless fronts dictates that. The forced awakening is coming. The already awakened must sow the seeds of reality with confidence and strength, not arrogance and aggressiveness. Plant the seed, sharing credible data from a credible source. That is a proven strategy. And then move on. Yes, it is indeed deeply troubling and perplexing to live in societies with so many so completely asleep at the wheel. Metaphorically standing at the seaside, the tidal wave towering over their heads, and they see nothing but iPhones and corporate propaganda. So many believe they are so dependent on the matrix that they will fight to defend it. A cancerous matrix that is actually sealing their fate and the fate and future of their children. A future that again will never come. If the human race remains on the current course, our war against nature is a war against ourselves. Earth and the American Dream, a long forgotten documentary film that completely changed the course of my entire life. I remember with crystal clarity walking by my TV in 1998. Earth and the American Dream just happened to be beginning. I had no idea what channel it was even on. I hadn't been watching, but suddenly I found myself riveted, frozen. I couldn't look away. It wasn't coincidence. It was a calling. Over the years, I have viewed this film more times than I can remember, and its impact only intensifies. It brings tears to my eyes as I am moved to the marrow again and again and again to keep marching forward in this fight, no matter what comes. The human race, taken as a whole, has decimated planet Earth in the geologic blink of an eye. Let's consider a timeline. If the entire lifespan of our once-thriving planet over 4 billion years was put on a scale of 6 days to compare it with the biblical book of Genesis. Each day would be about 665 million years. Not till 3 minutes before midnight on the last day did the human race even appear. One quarter of a second before midnight on the last day, Christ was born. 
one fortieth of a second before midnight on the last day, the Industrial Revolution began. Stop and think about that. One fortieth of a second before midnight on the last day. And that time is now. The human race has decimated this planet again in the geologic blink of an eye. In the words of Jacques Cousteau, not only have we failed to realize we are one people, we have forgotten that we have only one planet. For centuries, the human race has lived as if its fate were separate from the fate of the earth. But it is not. From the Native American Lakota visionary Black Elk, this description in his words of what he witnessed in a moment of spiritual insight from long ago. I looked below me where the earth was silent and sick green light. I saw the hills look up, afraid, and all the animals, and everywhere about me were the cries of frightened birds and the sounds of fleeing wings. Then I was standing on the highest mountain of them all, and all around below me was the whole expanse of the world, and while I stood there, I saw more than I can tell, and I understood more than I saw. For I was seeing in a sacred manner the shapes of all things in the spirit and the shapes of all shapes as they must live together as one being. And I saw that it was holy. Black Elk and what he saw so long ago. Yes, the horizon is dark indeed. So dark that many, far too many, are choosing to simply turn away, choosing to pretend it isn't so and doing their best to ridicule any who dare to present unwanted and unpleasant information, no matter how irrefutable the information may be. This scenario must change, or we have no chance of even near-term survival on our rapidly dying planet. Those that don't believe our situation is this dire will soon. So, what do we do? We do this. We do what we are put here to do, our part, our mission, to stand against the fading of the light, to stand against the rising seas of insanity, to face the gathering storm head on, to do our best to make a difference for the better in any and every way we can, given our individual circumstances, exposing climate intervention operations before the planet's life support systems are completely shattered is the great imperative. If we can fully expose the weather warfare, we have a chance of stopping it from the inside out. Time to completely change course or die. Those in power, those who have done the most to manufacture this Truman Show of delusion and destruction bear the most responsibility. If our collective efforts can fully pull back the curtain, we could trigger a shockwave around the world. We could alter the composition of what's unfolding. We could perhaps set the stage for at least some to make it through what's coming. That possibility is worth fighting for till our last breath. Can our collective efforts accomplish the seemingly impossible at this late hour? There's only one way to know. See the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details about how you can help move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Time is not on our side. We must continue our march headlong into the storm. Until next week, stay strong, never yield. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.